tradition turned into tragedy. It's never going to go away because every year fiesta comes, you know, we, we have to remember, you know, my daughter. A nine-year-old girl taken from Market Square. On the 18th, and then a week later, she was found. This is South Texas Crime Stories, the murder of Mary B. Perez. April 18, 1999 was a Sunday. Nine-year-old Mary B. Perez was at Market Square when her family celebrating fiesta when tragedy struck. Perez was gone in an instant, seemingly snatched away out of thin air. What nobody knew was a monster was among them. A frantic search started, the city coming together to look for the little girl. A week later, she was found, but she'd never return home. Pettis' body was dumped along Alazan Creek near an underpass on I-35 and Laredo. The child strangled. It's a reality Pettis' mom, Patricia Guerrero, still struggled with 20 years after her murder. I just tell parents, you know, I never thought it would happen to me, so you never know. You know, just take care of the children in Fiesta, market. SAPD searched for Perez's killer, leaving no stone unturned. Unfortunately, they didn't find any answers. That is, until a monster appeared 150 miles west of San Antonio in Del Rio on New Year's Eve. 13-year-old Kayleen Katie Harris and 10-year-old Crystal Searles were sleeping at Harris's family's home. Searles took the top bunk and Harris the bottom. What should have been a peaceful night's sleep became anything but. Searles woke up to a scream. A man was in the room stabbing Harris. Just as he was about to leave, he turned his knife to Searles, cutting her throat. Miraculously, Searles survived and was able to get help before being lifelighted to University Hospital in San Antonio. Harris unfortunately didn't survive, but Searles was able to describe the man who attacked them. Days later, Tommy Lynn Sells was under arrest. Police just reaching the tip of the iceberg for this cold-blooded serial killer. Sells admitted to committing murders for years across the country. Police were able to connect him to at least 20 murders. Mayor B. Perez is on his list of victims. Sells was handed a life sentence for Perez's murder and the death penalty for Harris. After taking away precious days for so many families, Sells took his last breath on April 3rd, 2014, a day Perez's mom was there for. I never thought I would have to go witness something like that. You know, and it's giving me problems. I don't think there was no closure. Hey, it's meteorologist Sarah Spike and meteorologist Katie Blake. We bring you the weather on KSAT 12 News, but there's a lot more to meteorology than just the forecast. We love to talk about all things climate, environment, science, and we even love to answer your viewer questions. And we need more than a few minutes on television to dive into it all. So we invite you to check out our podcast, Whatever the Weather. You can find interesting and informative episodes on topics like hurricanes, winter weather, drought, hail, and much more. But of course, we also have some fun debunking weather myths and folklore and sharing what it's like to work in this field. Find this KSAT and Weather Authority original podcast wherever you get your audio. And check out the video version on KSAT.com, KSAT Plus, and YouTube. Just search whatever, whatever the, the weather. weather.
story is one that is, I think, what we never expected here. A monster was among us. And mind you, there have been other serial killers that have struck in this area, but this one just had something different to it for me, at least. Right. And I mean, this was my first time experiencing Fiesta this year and experiencing kind of the magic that it brings to San Antonio. So many people are are happy and at ease. And for something like this to happen during Fiesta and rob people of that sense of calm, that sense of joy, it's something that really does send shockwaves throughout the entire city. Everywhere you look during Fiesta, there's families, there's kids. It's it's an enjoyable time. Nobody thinks the worst is going to happen. But now we have to always kind of have that in the back of our mind. And I think it's always a way for us to remember Mary B. Bettis as well. Exactly. And that's something that her family does every year for Fiesta. For them, it's not necessarily a happy celebration. It's a time to remember her. And uh, every year on the anniversary, April 18th, they gather at the site where her body was found. And they also get together on All Souls Day or Dia de los Muertos. They decorate her grave and lay flowers. And I'm so happy to see that her family is continuing to keep her memory alive for them. Such a tragedy. And it was at the hands of someone nobody expected because nobody knew just how much of a criminal Tommy Lynn Sells was until he was apprehended in Del Rio. Right. And his apprehension in Del Rio came after just another horrific and gruesome crime. He actually reenacted what he did on a 2020 episode showing how he tried a door at this home, then went in through a window. And then that's when he found two girls having a sleepover in a bug bed. And that's when he struck again. And one of those people is Crystal Searles and, Honestly, she's she's her own hero in this story because after her throat was cut, her trachea was sliced open, her windpipe damaged, and her vocal cords damaged, she held her own neck closed, ran to a neighbor's house, and wrote on a notepad what happened. It blows my mind that she was able to do that at such a young age, 10 years old. Yeah, and just to have the wherewithal to do that also in such a traumatic experience and just going through that, seeing her friend killed in front of her as well, an experience that a 10-year-old should never have to be put through. Um, And she's also a hero, I think, to everyone else that had been a victim of Tommy Lynn Sells because this man was finally caught. And when we say everyone else a victim, this man had been committing crimes for years. And he worked, I guess, at one time as part of a circus or some type of traveling carnival. Um, So that's how he was able to strike in so many areas across the country. Right. And and he had this uh, vagrant lifestyle. He, He was in one town and then the next. And that's why there was no rhyme or reason to the crimes he was committing. It just seemed like he was out to be violent just to be violent, and and that was it. And a history of violence, I think he had claimed to have committed his first murder at the age of 15. So something is, you know, not right there for someone to be committing these type of crimes um, at such a young age. I'm sure there's criminal psychologists who can speak to this, and there's there's got to be 
pre-existing mental health issues for this to have started to begin with. And looking into his background some more, he came from a very troubled background, was was left by his mother at a very young age, completely abandoned and having to fight for his own right in this world. But rather than looking toward the light and trying to make positive changes for himself and striving to get help in areas that he needed it, he allowed himself to become this monster and just unleash that darkness he had inside him on the rest of the world and took so many lives away from loved ones because maybe he didn't feel that love. So he took it away from others. We're going to go through the timeline of kind of some of these cases that Tommy Lynn Sells um, was connected to or claimed to have, have done. Um, some of them have never been, I guess he never was really positively confirmed in a lot of these cases either, even though he claimed to be. I think it was confirmed he had 20 and he, claims it could be up to 70 murders. See, I didn't even know it was up to 70. That's up to 70 70 murders that he he says he's responsible for. And police haven't been able to confirm all of those. But the first one we have here is from July 1985. Um, The victims in this case were 28-year-old Ina Court and her four-year-old son, Rory. And this was done in Missouri. They were beaten to death there. No charges were ever filed in this case. Two years later, May 1987, murder of Suzanne Kors. She disappeared and is presumed dead in New York. Her remains were found in 1995, and Sells confessed to this murder after he was captured. That same year, murders of four members of the Dardeen family in Illinois. He confessed but was never charged, and his story about the murders have changed a few times, and that's probably why he was never officially charged is probably not enough to charge him with at that time, but it is one of the crimes he had confessed to. October 13th, 1997, murder of 10-year-old Joel Kirkpatrick in Illinois. Now, if you notice that was 1987 to 1997, I find it hard to believe he just stopped for 10 years. Exactly. I think this kind of goes to the fact these are the only ones they can really confirm. He probably was committing other crimes during that 10-year hiatus. Again, in November of that same year, 1997, the murder of 13-year-old Stephanie Mahaney in Missouri. He confessed but was never charged and, again, changed his story about the details of this murder. It almost makes you think if he was just trying to add, maybe he had heard of these murders along the way, but just wanted to add to his, his crime list. I think it could be that. I also think that if he committed as many murders as he said and if he... Maybe he just forgets and things kind of blur together. Maybe these people, these actual lives mean that little to him. The next one, uh, in April 18th, 1999, this is when he murdered Mary B. Perez in San Antonio. She was just nine years old. May 23rd, 1999, a month later, murder and sexual assault of 14-year-old Haley McComb in Kentucky, He was charged with murder, rape, and kidnapping in this case. Then we get to his final victim and his attempted final victim. December 31st, 1999, he murdered Kayleen Joe Katie Harris in Del Rio and slit the throat of 10-year-old Crystal Searles. And something else reading in Crystal's own words, she said she was so scared that he had gone through and killed the rest of the family that was in the house with them that night 
That's why she ran to a neighbor's house because she was scared of what she would find of her own family and of Harris's family. So she, she was terrified. And uh, that's why she went to someone else and was lifelight of San Antonio. They saved her life and she was able to make a good enough sketch from the man she saw that they were able to arrest him in 24 hours. Wow. And she is alive. She is, you know, still doing well. Um, you have found she may be living not in Texas anymore. Not in Texas, in uh, Boise, Idaho, is what we found that she she could be living there. She's in her 30s. She's graduated college. She has a family now. Um, she obviously has a scar that reminds her of what she lived through, but she's taken her story and empowered herself and made it her own story because it is her story. And she's talked about it before. And there's been articles she's written, articles done about her. But um, if it wasn't for her... How much longer would Sells have been committing crimes? And who else would, what other families would he have robbed them of those of those memories together? So she really is the, the hero of this story. And without her, Mary B's family wouldn't have answers of what happened to their little girl that day. Yeah, and, and just so we clear, so he got the death penalty for the Harris case, and then he got life in prison. So he did come into a San Antonio or Bear County courtroom um, for those charges for the murder of Mary B. Bettis. And um, we have old archive video. I remember I wasn't working here at the time. It was way before my time. But I remember seeing the stories about this case. And it was one that ultimately shocked all of South Texas, not just San Antonio, because of just when you found out just how many crimes this man committed, it this story just blew up and it went national. Right, because he didn't care where he was. He didn't care who he encountered. This man was going to inflict violence wherever he went. And I just caution anyone who wants to do a deep dive on Tommy Lynn Sells, his history, the things he claims to have done, it's dark. Yeah, these uh, most of these murders, we've left a lot of the details out, but they are um, the details of these cases are very hard to read, very hard to hear. It It was... They were very violent crimes. Um, so Sells, after he was found guilty and sentenced to death, his lawyers tried to delay his execution, but it wasn't successful, of course, and he did die by lethal injection in Huntsville, and he had no final words at that last, um, when he was given his last rights. Which, I mean, I think then is just a further victimization of families because you could apologize if you feel, I mean, even if he didn't feel any remorse, just at least offer that to families, give them some kind of comfort. You, you took so many people away from their loved ones and you have nothing to say for it. Yeah. This, this was one of those cases. Like I said, this wasn't the only um, known serial killer that had been in this area or had committed crimes in this area but I, this is one of the ones that sticks out the most because of just how many crimes and the horrific crimes that were committed by this one man. Yeah, it's it's disgusting what he did to so many so many people and just didn't seem to have any remorse and trying to get his own ex execution delayed. It, it was something about drugs. They were they were asking about 
where the pharmaceutical drugs were coming from and if they were legitimate. And it's like, come on now. Yeah, I was literally drawing straws at that point. <laughs> but this this is one case that we felt we had to cover. Um, we never want to glorify the the suspect in these cases. We never want to glorify the serial killer in this case. Um, but it is important to talk about those crimes. Um, and we we hope and wish that everybody always continues to remember those victims and those survivors. And, and for here, us here in San Antonio, um, that Mary B. Bettis' family, for them to know that her memory will never fade away. Actually having a conclusion to this case hopefully brings some kind of comfort to, to those families, especially Mary B.'s family. Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Tune in next week for another episode of South Texas Crime Stories.